This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. And welcome to Portable Beats, the Pediatric Board View Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me today is Liz. Hi, guys. So it's time to start off our episode on statistics. So these episodes aren't going to be case-based, as most people just cram this information right before exams. Therefore, we're not going to belabor the point with a case and slow things down. So because of that, we don't have a review episode this month, but enough preamble. We're just going to jump into the episode about statistics. Today, we're talking about the Bayesian four-square model. So this is going to make a lot more sense if you're able to look at one of the tables that we're talking about. Uh, since it's hard to visualize a square through an audio-only medium. But for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, the Bayesian 4 square is a 2 by 2 square where the columns represent disease and the rows represent the results. So the first column, up and down, represents the positive disease, and the second column represents a negative disease. So you either have the disease or you don't. The top row represents the positive test results, and the bottom row is the negative test results. So if you have a test, is it positive or negative? Because of this, the top left square of the four means that the test correctly predicted a patient has the disease. So the first column for positive disease and the first row for a positive test result. So this is considered a true positive result. The last square, the bottom right, is a true negative. This is because we're in the second column, which is a negative disease, and the second row, which is a negative test result. This means that a test correctly predicted that someone does not have a specific disease. And we'll do some examples in a minute that make this make sense. But the other two squares are your false test results. So in the top right square, this is a false positive result. It's in the first row, which indicates that the test is positive, but they don't actually have the disease, which is the second column. And then on the opposite side, your lower left square is a false negative result. It's in the first column, so it means they actually have the disease, but the second row means that their test was negative. So now that we have that frame of what the different boxes mean, let's talk about how that goes into doing sensitivity, specificity, and positive and negative predictive values. You want to talk about that, Liz? Sure. So that's another, you know, really helpful thing that comes along with these two by two squares. So sensitivity is going to be the true positive results divided by the total number of disease patients, or the sum of the first column. This is to let you know how likely you are to pick up a disease with a positive test result. The higher the sensitivity, the less false negative results you will have. Specificity, on the other hand, is the true negative results divided by the total number of non-disease patients, or the sum of the second column. This lets you know how likely a negative test result is actually associated with being disease-free. By proxy, the higher your specificity, the lower your false positive rate. So this is probably where you remember your spin and snout mnemonic from step one and levels one to three. Tests with a high specificity rule in diseases because the false positive rate is low. On the other hand, tests with a high sensitivity help to rule out diseases because the false negative rate is low. For example, a D-dimer lab has a very high sensitivity but low specificity when testing for pulmonary embolism. Therefore, a negative D-dimer is very sensitive to say you likely do not have a pulmonary embolism. But if the D-dimer is positive, there is a low specificity. 
This means that the D-dimer could be elevated due to pulmonary embolism, but it could also be positive for a number of other conditions. A positive D-dimer does not rule in the disease, but a negative D-dimer does effectively rule out a pulmonary embolism. On the flip side, a rapid strep test has a low sensitivity, but a high specificity. Therefore, a negative test does not rule out strep pharyngitis, but a positive test typically correlates with actually having strep pharyngitis. This is why at our clinics, we confirm negative rapid strep tests with a culture to avoid false negative results. Now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how we determine positive and negative predictive values. So positive predictive value, or PPV, is the probability of a patient actually having a disease with a positive test result. So the formula for this is the true positive results divided by the total number of positive test results, or the sum of the top row. Negative predictive value, on the other hand, or NPV, is the probability of a patient not having a disease with a negative test result, so that it's accurately predicting it. The formula for this is the true negative results divided by the total number of negative test results, or the sum of the bottom row. Now, one of the other key differences with positive and negative predictive values as compared to sensitivity and specificity is that PPV and NPV are influenced by disease prevalence, which is the percent of patients in the population with a specific disease. The formula for prevalence is the total number of diseased patients, or the sum of the first column, divided by the total number of patients in the studied population. For example, the prevalence of type 1 diabetes is pretty high in the general pediatric population, so your positive and negative predictive values tend to be higher. However, an insulinoma, on the other hand, is less common, making tests have lower predictive values due to a higher proportion of the negative results being false negatives, or positive results being false positives. I hope that made sense. It's hard to describe a table through the audio-only medium, but we tried our best. Again, it's helpful to look at a picture of this to make it make sense. But thanks for tuning into this episode. Our next episode will be on study design, so keep an eye out for that. Also, visit our website, portablepeds.com. And we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook. Tune into us there. But until next time, I'm Ryan. And I'm Liz. Thanks. Happy studying.